and they're going to start rumors about you. Okay? You start putting up hands, start singing out loud and clapping and, yeah. I'm just, just filling it out, just filling it out this morning. I am so glad that you're here today. I really am. Um, turn to your neighbor, give him a fist bump, say I'm glad you're here too. Even if you don't know him, it's good. Introduce yourself, something like that. You know, there's something about, you ever, you ever wonder about that? Like why, why sometimes when we're worshiping, why it, it feels so amazing? And then other times why it's like, it's work? Is that just me? Can I be sacrilegious for just a second? But isn't it, I wonder those things because, you know, in, in my, in my uh, flesh mind, I'm, I'm working out a recipe. You know, let's do this every time. Whatever this was, let's do this every time. This was so good. But I know better than that because you know, you know what makes it amazing is when we can get past us. That's what makes it amazing. It's, it's not the songs. It's, I mean, it does help to have great songs. It helps to have a band that knows how to play and sing. It's a bonus. But I'm just telling you, when we get past us, what's been going on last week, yesterday, on the way to church this morning, whatever, and we just go, you know what, this is between me and Jesus. It's amazing what God can do. It really is. really is. Well, I'm glad you're here for another reason, because we start a new series uh, today. We wrapped up uh, Questions for God. Boy, I hope you like that series. We're probably going to do that again, because we had so much uh, input on that, so many other people adding their questions and uh, we'll probably do that again next year. I, I liked it. Uh, but today we start a new series, Can You See It? I, I hope you can tell by just the, just the intro video alone, the little video that um, we, we want to project. We want to encourage you to pray big prayers, to, to dream big dreams, to expect God things in your life. Amen? I, 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 really, I have to have God move in my life. I have to. I, I have to be able to see God move in, in nature, in my prayers, in situations, in friends, and family. I'm not saying answer every prayer, right? I'm not saying that at all. I've been around long enough to understand that that's not how he works. He's not a genie. You don't pull him out and rub the lamp and say, yes, five more wishes, you know, that kind of thing. We're not doing that. But I believe sometimes we're so self-sufficient that we don't pray enough, that we don't ask enough. You ever heard somebody say, well, has it gotten so bad we're going to have to pray about that? You know, I, I'm believing that that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is like, I believe there's so much more that God wants to do in us and through us and in our world that I'm going to pray and ask God to, to allow me to be a part of that. Amen? I, I hope you do too. Uh, if you have your orange bulletin, there's some notes in there. You can follow along with us on and if you have the Bible app, the U version, you can go to events, and we're usually the first one because it'll, it'll do it by location. So you can have digital notes there, which I love, because uh, you can email them to yourself. You can type in notes and email them to yourself and keep a digital copy of all that. I know a bunch of people do that. So today we're going to jump in, and uh, I'm going to give you a little definition real quick. Do you, know what a, do you know what a revelation is? You know what a revelation, when you get a revelation, the, the first definition in the dictionary was when you learn an unknown fact in a dramatic way. And I thought about dressing up and coming out here and telling you a fact about myself in a dramatic way. I thought that may be a little weird. So I skipped the first definition and went to the second definition. And this is what it says. A divine or supernatural disclosure to humans of something relating to human existence or the world. It's when God 
lets you in on something. It's when God gives you a little taste of something that he wants in your life, he wants in your family, he wants in your career, something like that. When, when you feel like, oh, God may be in this. You know what I'm saying? And that's a revelation we need in life. We need that. That's like I said, I need to know that God is alive and still works. I also need to know a revelation about my place in this world. I need to get that. I need to understand it. And you know why? It's very biblical that you know that. If you, if you look over in Revelation 29, or Revelation, Proverb 29, let me show you this scripture. It's one of my favorites, super powerful verse. And this is the NIV version where there is no revelation, where there is no the divine giving you something secret about yourself, about your world, whether that's not happening, where there is not a revelation, then people cast off restraint. They become undisciplined. They become non-goal-oriented. They don't really stay focused. You know what I'm saying? This is a powerful scripture. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. Wisdom of God. Blessed is the one who hears what the Spirit is saying to them and obeys that, right? Who's in, who, who gets past self, just like our worship water, gets past self and thinks and hears that, you know what, God is saying something to me. God is leading me in a direction. And how I'm going to figure that out is I'm going to follow that. One of the tougher things on this planet is following God. But can I tell you, it's probably the most rewarding thing on this planet also. Following God. Uh, I, can, I, can I be real honest with you? I miss him all the time. I miss God all the time. Hey, maybe I should call that person. Maybe I should do this in my life. And mm, Okay, nothing, nothing happened. Fizzled out. Never returned my call. Something like that. It must not have been God. Just kind of blow it off. But there are those times when things happen, and I think, would that, could that have been because I stepped out in faith and trusted that God was doing something? Like that he led me? Like maybe the reason that person popped into my mind because I needed to contact them. I contacted them, and they burst into tears and said, man, I really need some help right now. I th- Am I crazy or is that God? Here's, here's what I love, and this, is, this for me is, and I didn't put the verse on the screen because I don't want to get caught up in the verse. I don't want to get caught up in, let's learn this. But in 1 Corinthians, Paul is giving a description of how God works in our lives. And he says this, that, that we plant the seed. He kind of gives us the growing analogy. We plant the seed. And then somebody else waters, somebody else comes in and prunes, somebody else comes in and and fertilizes. And he said, but the only way it grows is through God, that God gives growth in our life. And, And when I read that scripture, it reminds me that there's a big part of my faith that's me. There's a big part of my faith that's me. It is all about me and Christ, but there's a big part of my faith that... I need to create an environment in my life that's conducive to God speaking to me so that he can give the growth, right? If you don't put a seed in there, if my life outside of this hour is totally not about God, how is that conducive to God growing? I know it's getting quiet in here. But through this series, can you see it? What I hope to do, what I hope to do is to show you through Scripture that that God is very interested in creating an environment in your life, mentally, physically, emotionally, in your life, where that He can grow you. That He can grow you. That He can take us to more understanding about our relationship with Him. 
Now, let me just say this too. Can I be real honest? I do not want this series to be a guilt. Uh, that's not the way I roll. Like, oh, uh, we all have to grow. You better keep growing. Let's keep stats on your growth, all of that. Not at all. But what I am saying is the best place to be in a relationship with God is you growing in your faith because that's when you're excited about your faith. So that's, that's, that's what I want to do this, this series is allow us to grab a hold of some things. Some of the, maybe some of the things we haven't thought of in a while. Maybe some of the dig some soil that we haven't dug in our life. Maybe get in the, the shed and get back behind all the tools and get some fertilizer out and put it into our life so that God can add the growth. Amen? I'm going to work myself into a message here. God, God paints pictures all through Scripture. From the beginning to the end, he paints pictures for us. When he took Ezekiel to the Valley of Dry Bones, you remember that story? And he takes Ezekiel in a vision to the Valley of Dry Bones, and he says, what do you see? And he says, I see a Valley of Dry Bones. Duh. Okay, that's a great point, though, because these are the facts. I see a bad doctor's report. I see troubles in marriage. I see rough job. Okay, those are the facts, right? Those are the facts. Then God says, why don't you speak to those bones? No, nah, man, because you know what happens when you speak to the bones and they don't do anything? It's really discouraging. You understand the difference between a revelation when God says, hey, let, let's change this environment. Let's change what's going on. With Ezekiel, he said, I love it. It's my favorite part of the entire story when he says, Ezekiel, you speak to the bones. And he didn't say, I'll speak to them. I'm God. I'll do this. God does that all the time. The only reason he includes you in anything is because he loves you. He doesn't need us for squat. You can tweet that out, all right? He doesn't need us for squat. He doesn't need us for anything. But he does it the same reason you do 90% of a job and then call your kid and let them finish the 10% and go, you did it. It's the same thing with God. He wants to share. He told Ezekiel, speak to those bones, and those bones came together and they created an army. And he said, Ezekiel, do you know what this is? This is the nation of Israel. And Ezekiel said, hold on a minute, the same nation that you punished by going into captivity in Babylon, the ones that are being mistreated in Babylon right now? And he said, yep. The facts are they're there. You'll know some more facts. The revelation says they're coming out. The revelation said the, the dry bones, that nation of Israel, I have good plans for them in spite of what you see. Woo! That's good stuff. The reason God took John when he was on the island of Patmos and gave him the revelations in the book of Revelation. The reason he painted that picture, it wasn't because of now, it was because of future. He was like, I want you to see that like, what you're going through now is not the end. Amen? But, but you need a revelation. We need a revelation. Like God's got plans for me. God, God wants to continually do stuff in my life, even if it's the mundane going on. Even if it's the normal going on. Even if it's the bad going on. God says, speak to those bones. Let's, see, let's just see. Let's just see if God's in this. Let, let's, let's prune that and put some fertilizer on that. Let's create an environment so if God shows up to say, hey, I'm looking to add some growth to somebody's life. Oh, I got my seeds right here, Lord. It's too late then. Let's, let's keep them in the ground. Amen? So I'm going to, real quick, I'm going to give us some things. Uh, I cannot make the growth in my life or your life, right? We settled that a long time ago. We, I can't do it, but I can create an environment that is conducive, that helps, right? If, I, if I'm watching bad movies, hanging out with bad people, doing bad things, and then I show up on Sunday morning expecting great things, it's very hard for growth to happen because like the seeds out on the concrete and I watered over here in the ditch and then, you know, the, it, 
all the stuff's not working together. Let's put it together. We do some things at South Point to help us, to help. This is just help. This is just creating the pot. But here's, I'm going to, I'm going to, Name those four things that are in your notes today. And what my goal is that God would speak to us. This is what we've been praying this week. Speak to us today that one of these things is my next step in creating this environment for growth. Amen? Yeah. Woo, I love it. Are y'all ready? Can you handle it? Okay, we'll see. Let me just tell you, God's been preaching this to me for about three weeks. I feel like I've been to the woodshed. We started singing that second song here this morning, and I was just all about, okay, this is what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk up, and I'm going to say this. And they started singing that song. I'd never heard the song before. You ever heard a brand new song, and it just goes, oh, this, I'm not in this. I don't even know the lyrics to this song. Just, and that's, they started playing that song, and I started singing along, and my hands went up, and I just started bawling. I was like, that's, oh, that's it. That's it. That, Keep me focused, Lord. Keep me focused, not on me, but on you. So number one is this. Our goal at South Point is to help you know God, first and foremost. Everybody say number one. Number one is to help you know God. If you don't know God, then all this is a waste. This is a waste of time. And I'm not, there's two kinds of knowing God, okay? Like the way I know Nicolas Cage, yeah, the man, uh, that's one way of knowing God. All right? Are y'all with me on this? I'm going to have some fun. How many have seen more than, Nick, more than 10 Nick Cage movies? Come on. More than 20. I'm going to see who my true friends are. It's kind of a running joke around here. He's, like, he's, he's literally like in 25 movies a year. It's amazing. I don't know how he does it. He's crazy. But, I, but because of that, I, I know Nicolas Cage. Ever, anybody know Nicolas Cage in here? Y'all know him, right? You know what his favorite shoes are? Me either. You know what his home address is? Me either. There, there's one way of knowing God. In this one hour, right here on Sunday morning. Do you know God? Yes. Yes. South Point. That's, no. That's not, this is the environment. God's in here. Amen? That's how you know him. And there's another way of knowing God. It's like how I know Jenny, my wife. I know her very well. I don't know 100%. I don't know every thought she has. I don't know all of those things. But I know her better than anybody in this room. Right? Better as a husband, right? I know that if if I if I stop by the store on the way home, I better grab some stinking hot tamales for her. I know that. Yeah, I know that a Starbucks gift card goes a long ways. You know what I'm saying? Like I I know what her some of her favorite shoes are. I know her address. I know her birthday. I know, I know a bunch of details because I really know her. And you know why? Because I've spent a lot of time with her. I have a hunger to know her. When, when we met, it was, don't get a big head. It was just like when I met Jesus. <laughs> that, that came out just as funny as it sounded in my mind. But what I mean by that, when, when, when I sold out to Christ in March of 1993, I didn't even want any friends anymore. All I wanted was Jesus. I'd been where my friends were going and, you know, class and college people and all that. What I wanted was Jesus. And then a few months later when Jenny and I, when I'm like, I want to know more about Jenny. And can I tell you, like, so we would finish up. We were youth leaders in this little bitty youth group, about 15, 20 kids. We were just helping out. And we would go on Wednesday nights after service. We would go somewhere to, you know, get some ice cream or whatever. And I remember going to Brahms, and I said, can I sit across from you at Brahms? And there's that awkward one and a half seconds that seems like 20 seconds. You know what I'm saying? 
sure. Oh, and you think, was that, was that legit? Did she mean that? Is this a sympathy? Yes. You're like, how does that all work? And, and it took me pursuing her to get to know her. It took me chasing after her to get to know her. Here, here's my prayer for you. Ephesians 1 says this. Verse 16. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you, here's what he, the prayer is, to give you the spirit. The spirit of what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation. Everybody say, why? That's not everybody. Everybody say, why? why? There you go. Yeah. So that you would know him better. Can I tell you that when you say yes to Jesus, that spirit that he puts in you will lead you to, will give you a hunger for him. I want to go hang out with him at Brahms. I want to sit across from him every chance we get. And then it goes on, and I pray that the eyes of your heart, you think Paul missed biology class? Is that just me when you read stuff like this? Go. What What it says is he's not talking about physical. He's not, we know where there's no eyes on the heart. Paul was even smart enough to know that back then. I pray that the eyes of your heart are enlightened. Everybody say revelation. revelation. That your heart gets a revelation. He goes on. In order that you would know the hope to which he has called you. Can I tell you, the, the most important thing you can do is know God. Not, not, not anything else. The most important thing you can do is have a relationship with God because there's something supernatural that happens called a revelation about my life. Can you see it? That's, that's the name of this series. Can you, see, can you see that God doesn't want you to just go through life as an average person? He wants a relationship with you. He wants to guide you and lead you. He wants to teach you to listen to his voice. He wants to show the eyes of your heart. He wants to show your soul Tomorrow's steps, next month's. He wants to show you in the middle of despair what's really possible. He wants to show you when your whole life is a valley of dry bones. Hey, this is an army. This is an army. Don't get freaked out. Don't walk by sight. Walk by flesh. And how that starts is knowing God. That's the only way it starts. Tony Robbins can't do it. Oprah, no chance. God, knowing him, not like I know Nick Cage, like I know Jenny, pursuing him, getting some details, knowing his heart, his character. That's where our revelation comes from. The second way is this. second thing we love to help you do is to grow your faith. Number two. And it's, let me just say this before I read this verse. It is important that your faith continues to grow. Everybody that's been a believer for more than a couple of years, you need to remind yourself, it is important that I continue to grow in my faith. Continue to grow in understanding what Scripture means to me today. It was written, that verse we just read was written through Ezekiel to the nation of Israel 2,500 years ago. It was not written for you. It's not to you. That Bible, not to you. Isn't that weird to think about? But you know what it does show you? It shows you that God takes things that the enemy meant for evil 
I can't sing, but I'm going to sing it. And he turns it for good. He sh- it shows you that, that sometimes we look at it and we don't get to see what God's doing behind it. We need a revelation on what God's doing behind the scenes. Hebrews 6.1 says this. So, I love it when it starts with so. So, let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Somebody say preach it. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Do you know how me and Jenny continue to grow in our relationship? We, we continue to pursue one another, but it wasn't just like after a couple of months of dating, we, got, we started going ring shopping after dates. Like this, we're serious. I, I want to continue to grow in our relationship. What's funny is, uh, not funny, funny, but last month, we moved, three weeks ago, we moved out our youngest kid to college. We're empty nesters. Everybody say he's growing. Yeah, we don't have kids to buffet us, and I feel guilty because I love it. <laughs> it's great. And all the empty nesters said, yay. Yeah. <laughs> we love you kids. We really do. Really do. When we moved in our house, we had two adults and two kids. Six months ago, we had four adults. No bueno, right? Even... Even now with our kids moving out, we're, we're continuing to grow in our relationship. We just celebrated 25 years being married this last May. And if I want it to be 26, we need to keep growing. We need to keep understanding. That's why it doesn't say, don't, don't stay basic. Nobody wants that in your relationship. Why would we do that with God? Why would we just get saved and go, you know what? If I just go to church till Jesus comes, that'll be great. Oh, you're missing out on most of it. Fall in love with him. Continue to grow in your faith. Can I tell you, one of the things we do at South Point that would be most helpful is a small group at South Point. You you know why? Everybody say why. You don't know yet? Because this is the big group. You can't ask questions in here. We don't get feedback. I mean, we'd be here for two days answering questions. And well, what about this? And how come this? In a small group, you get to do that. You get to be with people in your same uh, style, age, uh, stage of life. That'd be the best word. The same stage of life. And when you talk about if, if everybody there has kids from 2 to 10, then when you have questions, you get to stop the class. You get to stop the group and go, hey, so how do y'all not kill your 8-year-old when they you know, break this or they do this or whatever? And you go, okay, here's what we did. We went in the other room said, God, I'm going to kill him unless you help me. And then you walk out. <laughs> and we tried these six principles. These two worked. Have at it. And it allows you to put what we talk about on Sundays, the knowing God part, into practice with people that may be a little bit ahead of you in the practice. And I use kids, but can I tell you, the biggest steps come in our faith. Come in learning to trust. When we go through tough times and you're in a small group and you're able to text a couple of people and go, hey, how did you handle this? Could we go to coffee and let's talk about this? I have a big deal coming up. Would you mind just praying for me about this? A small group does something that this cannot. If you're not in a small group, again, you're missing out on the bigger picture. Continue to grow. Look for ways to grow in your faith. The third thing is to discover, you know we're big on this, your purpose. And here's why. All through Scripture, it says stuff like this. Ephesians 2, second chapter we were just in. For you, we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared for us in advance to do. 
discover your purpose. Let me just say, we talked about this last month, and we actually talked about it the month before. The last three months we've talked about this. Our purpose starts in Matthew 22, 34 through 40. We, this is the verse that's out there on that wall. Our purpose is to love God and to love people. But to flesh that out and how it works in everyday life, we, we need things in our life to help us discover those. One of the things that we, we've, it actually took years for us to get there. In the last four or five years, we feel like we've really started running in our lane with Growth Track, a three-week class that we have during second service every month for the first three weeks every month, unless it's a holiday, and then we start on the second week. But Growth Track, it, the first week, talks about being a member at South Point, a little bit of our history, where we're going in the future. But the second and third week, what we do is take a, a spiritual gifts assessment. It just kind of like, am I a lover? Am I a giver? Am I a corrector? Am I an organizer? All these different things. And then a personality assessment. It's a disc personality assessment. And what it does, it allows you to connect the dots of the abilities, the personality, the characteristics that God has given you. And then it helps you to see, oh, well, that's why I love doing this and I hate doing this. Because that's the way God designed me. We're not all designed to do everything. But that is step one of shooting you in the right direction for your purpose. For your purpose. You know, when it all boils down at the end, I want to be able to say I fulfilled my purpose. I can't run in everybody's lane, but if I can run in my lane, if I can obey what God's calling me to do, then I'm successful. Amen? And I would encourage you, if you've not been a part of Growth Track, it's three weeks. Don't skip. Still come to first service. And just hop over. I think it's in room nine still in the corner over there. Three weeks next month, October, first three weeks. And it'll get you on the right track. And you'll be blown away. I have every class. Somebody will come to me, almost every class. Somebody will come to me and say, I love what we're doing in Growth Track because it just turned on the lights for who I am. I love it. I love to hear that. Because the first time we took, we went to a conference years ago. We was really looking for something to replace our new members class. And they, they walked us through kind of their growth track version. And the whole staff did it on the way home. And we were all blown away. Like, where has this been all of our ministry? I would encourage you. Continually look for your purpose and how you're created. Amen? Last one is this. To make a difference. You'll hear these all the time. You're fixing to see some artwork go up on our walls for, for making a difference. But whatever your career is, whatever you do for a living, it's phenomenal. From if you're a teacher, a banker, if you're a stay-at-home parent, whatever, it, whatever you do is amazing. But can I tell you that God has plans for you to make a difference in other people's lives? All through scripture. Here, here's one of those verses. I love this. Matthew 5. In the same way. Let your light shine before others. Here's why. So that they can see your good deeds, your actions, your kindness, whatever that would be. And glorify your father in heaven. So that you can glorify God in heaven. They will see what you're doing and your actions turn them to God. What a weird plan. The most incredible, powerful creator of the universe creates this world and creates a bunch of people that constantly make mistakes. Not us, but that big church right across the corner over there. Us. 
And then he gives us the baton and says, I want you to live in such a way. It's hinging on you that people would know me. That you would be the doorway for me. Go just love somebody. Go make a difference in their life. And when they ask why, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's your chance. Connect the dots. Well, why is because I'm, I'm really trying to live for God. I'm trying to grow in my faith while discovering my purpose. I'd probably leave that out. Sounds a little dorky together. I'm, I'm trying to obey what God's telling me to do. I felt like he told me to do that. He led me to help you. He led me to mow your lawn, to pray for you, to pay for your lunch, whatever that would be. And through that, that's a piece of what he's doing through other people. Remember what Paul said, that I plant the seed, but somebody else comes and waters. Somebody else comes and prunes. Somebody else comes and fertilizes. We're all a part of this. That's why I believe in what we're doing at South Point. Not because like this is a great thing that we've come up with. It's because everything is right out of Scripture. What we've tried to do is let Scripture talk to us and guide us in how to grow and know God. Amen? Let me ask you a question. Can you see what God wants to do for you? Can you see what he wants your next step to be in life? I believe he's got that for us always, continually. When I became a believer in 1993, there were some steps I needed to take. I needed to grow. I needed to understand things. But now that I've been doing it 25 years, sometimes I have to listen a little better. Sometimes I have to be intentional. I want to encourage you. Ask God for revelation in your life. Ask God to divinely show you you maybe a valley of dry bones don't get freaked out okay maybe not what you're expecting then ask him what the future holds God what do you got for me I'm pursuing you Lord I'm going to go hang out with you speak to me so that I can follow that I want to walk in you can you see it church listen the next three weeks we're going to talk about things at South Point that direction that God has just given us that we want to follow in the future but the reason we started today with really an individual can you see it individual message because you can have some big great plan and if individuals aren't hearing from God if they don't have a revelation then people cast off restraint and vision goes down the toilet what I believe is the opposite of that scripture when people have revelation They get really focused. They get intentional. They live on purpose. And they see great things done. Amen? I believe that. In that video, you notice that it starts by saying, we're praying for dad to get saved. Praying for my neighbors going through rough time. Praying for my faith to grow. And the next one is believing. And I had we were talking about this in staff. What's the difference between praying and believing? For me, believing is I'm putting some action in it. Oh, I'm, I, I believe I can jump off this building and fly. Hit the rafters. Go for it. Let's see it. You don't really believe that or you'd be doing it, right? What, what do you believe? What do you believe? And that next, those are next slides in that video says, that I'm believing Daddy gets saved this year. Now I'm, now I'm getting some targets. Now I'm getting focused. Now I'm starting to get directional with what I'm praying. I'm starting to believe, you know what? people in my life are going to change this year and just the last part of it just a little what if what if dad got saved 
October of this year? What if, what if my neighbors reconciled their marriage and renewed their vows on Christmas Day? What, what if? What if the Valley of Dry Bones wasn't just for Ezekiel? What if God's got a revelation for you about your family, about your personal life? That's how I want to pray today. I believe God's going to do some things in this individually and corporately in this series. Can you see it? Do you believe it? I do. Lord, we are so thankful for your love for us. We're so thankful for your word. I pray that today that your spirit, just like we've prayed all week, would be like iron sharpening iron. It would sharpen us, Lord. It would help us to understand revelation that you have a plan for every single person in this building. That you want to know them better. And through that process that their faith would grow, they would stop looking at things by sight and look at them by faith. Begin to pray powerful prayers and believe powerful things in their future. And through that process, God, that we would discover our purpose actually lies 100% in you. No matter what our career is, our purpose lies in you. And it's every day to, to be a reflection of you, your love, your purpose to other people around us that they would see you. And through that, we, we would actually make a difference in this world, an eternal difference. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room today that your Holy Spirit would fan into flame that gift of God that's inside of us. That you begin to speak future, begin to speak possibilities, begin to speak revelation and let the eyes of our heart see what only you can show us, Lord. Dreams for our families, dreams for ourselves, dreams for our, our, our boss, our co-workers, dreams for our teachers, our fellow students, dreams for our future that come from you, Lord. We love you. We thank you for loving us, Lord, and I pray as we sing this next song that it would not just be words from our mouth, but desires from our soul. It's in your name that we pray, and everybody said amen. Amen.